Hello, welcome to Courtney Watches Movies, the podcast in which I, the titular Courtney, review, analyze, and most likely overthink movies and the filmmakers who've brought them to life. How in the world are you? I hope you are doing sublimely. And today we're going to be talking about A Thousand and One, written and directed by A.V. Rockwell. After unapologetic and fiercely loyal loyal Inez kidnaps her son Terry from the foster care system, mother and son set out to reclaim their sense of home, identity, and stability in a rapidly changing New York City. Okay, so this movie opens in 1994. Um, Inez, played by Tiana Taylor, is just released from Rikers Island, which is a very famous prison. Um, I always associate it with like mobster stuff. I don't know if that's right, but I did see it from the plane the last time I was in New York and it's pretty interesting. It's an interesting place, but she's just released from Rikers and her son who is at the, at the opening of the movie six is in foster care and doesn't she tries to approach him like in the street and he doesn't really want to talk to her you know typical hurt six-year-old who hasn't seen you in a year and a half mom so he's he totally acts like a kid would act and at six years old he's played by Aaron Kingsley at Atola and I have to specify because the movie does take place in different years so three different actors play this this one character Terry the the boy and she approaches him. He really doesn't want to talk to her. Kind of gives her the cold shoulder. He's very, very quiet. And he ends up getting hurt in foster care. She goes and visits him at the hospital. He asks her, asks her, why do you always leave me? And this just breaks her heart, obviously. And the, the delivery of the little boy, it is heartbreaking. I'm like, dang, man, I feel like I always leave you from that. But so basically she decides to bust him out and essentially kidnaps him from the foster care system. Right off the bat. So where I live in Arizona, I am literally on the opposite end of the country from New York, which is where this is all set. And it's a very New York movie. It's very specific. And where I live, it takes a lot for a child to be taken from a mother. And so right off the bat, I was like, oh goodness, something very serious must have happened because I mean, I, I know women that have done some really sketchy stuff and their kids still haven't been taken from them. So I thought this must've been really bad, you know, cause, but obviously New York could be different. And this was also 30 years ago, but that this movie is set, but I just thought, oh man, it must've been something really gnarly. But they don't ever clarify, like, exactly what happened. But that's not even really the point. So she kidnaps him, essentially, from the system. Can you kidnap your own kid? I guess technically, yeah. But it just feels weird because he obviously would rather be with her, you know. So that's always, like, the hard part. Oh, man. I'm glad I'm not the decision maker on these these things because it's heartbreaking. Obviously, like, in a perfect world, you want parents and children to be together and then sometimes it's just parents are disaster. I don't even know. It's sad. There's a lot going on. But she hides him essentially for quite a while while she 
works and gets her gets back on her feet kind of she gets she takes a janitorial job and gets an apartment in Harlem where she basically keeps him for quite a while because you know it, it's on the news like oh this this 6-year-old disappeared this 6-year-old foster child disappeared she doesn't want to draw attention really and she gets back in touch with her former boyfriend Lucky um, this is not Terry's father, but this is just a, another boyfriend of hers, and they, they rekindle their relationship. She gets fake, uh, she gets a fake social security number, fake birth certificate for, changes his name to Daryl on paper, and um, she and, she and Lucky, who is played by Will Catlett, they, they kind of build a family, and he the whole time this is a very very specifically new york movie i know i already said that but it's important to point out because the whole time what else is going on is gentrification of the neighborhood and you can watch slowly as the years go by because it jumps from 1994 to 2001 and then to 2005 and you can watch the neighborhood and get bought up by landlords and people are getting, uh, tenants are getting kicked out. And so it's very much a couple times the movie has voiceover recordings from Rudy Giuliani and then Michael Bloomberg. So there's that the city is changing as this family is changing. Inez and Lucky eventually get married, but they still have this very tumultuous relationship. But Lucky promises to be there for Terry. Um, and uh, when when the movie moves to 2001, Terry's now played by Avon Courtney. And he's also really good. All of the actors are phenomenal, but I'll, I'll get to that. Um, and... Inez and Lucky, they still have this crazy relationship. They're back and forth. It, it It's implied that he disappears for weeks at a time. Where is he living? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it jumps to 2005, well, I'm sorry, I, I could jump too far ahead. In when he's when he's going into high school, his guidance counselor recommends that he tests to be put in like a specialized high school because she says he's really bright and there are signs of that when he's six you know he's very he just seems like very wise and I don't know if it's just because he is so reserved with his words <laughs> and people like me who never shut up we tend to think oh my gosh you must be so wise if you you know are very choosy with what you say because I just never shut up. I'm kind of just a rattler. So I think that I think that makes him seem really wise, but he is also smart. He picks up reading really fast. He's really good at um, entertaining himself during the time when he is um, being hidden away, you know, before she gets his fake social birth certificate. And so he ends up testing and he does make it into a specialized school for science and math. It's like kind of like Inez and Lucky maybe want to, especially Inez, push him in the direction of maybe being an engineer. Um, 
there's a lot of poverty in their lives and she clearly is busting her booty with this janitorial position to ensure that Terry has a better chance than she did because she she mentioned several times she was in the foster system um she lived in group homes so there's this idea of like a cycle right and she just wants something different for her son desperately well, when it jumps to 2005, he's now, Cherry's now played by Josiah Cross. He's 17 and looking at college and they don't, I don't think they ever mention it, but I'm assuming um, they're hoping for something like a, um, a an academic scholarship for him because they mention MIT, Harvard, all these different places. So he has really good grades. He, he feels more drawn toward music, which kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. Part of the reason that this is seeming so scattered is because it kind of is. Um, This is not a movie where you go from point A to point B to point C to point D to point E. This is like a slice of life movie, right? So several things happen that kind of just sprawl out because that's how life is, right? So it feels very realistic. And I guess I am going to spoil it. When he's 17, that same guidance counselor um, wants him to get a job so he can start making some extra money because at this point, the gentrification has come to their building. And they have this new landlord who is kind of being shady and trying to get them out of their place, but in a very roundabout um, way where he likes to act like he's the hero, (laughs) which... I'm sure it happened a lot, but the guidance counselor is telling Terry, well, you could make some extra money helping me out at the, it's kind of like a youth center. And this is when she finds out that he has fake, a fake social security number and a fake birth certificate. She looks into this. She's got a friend at social services. I mean, come on, don't we all? <laughs> Obviously convenient. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. But she finds out that. What do you know? Inez is not his real mother. <laughs> so she not only kidnapped him from foster care when he was six, several years before that, before her stay at Rikers, she kidnapped him from the side of a road because he was left there by whoever his real, well, I'm not going to use the word real because they weren't involved in his life, whoever his biological mother and father were. He was left on the side of the road, he tugged at Inez's heartstrings because she saw herself in him. She recognized that desperation and sadness of, of being part of the system and being abandoned. And so she took him. And that's what we find out is um, she's never been his biological mother. She's never had a legal right to this child. She just had in her mind a moral and emotional right to him. And She thought, well, somebody's got to take responsibility for him, so it might as well be me. Um, And the movie ends with her basically having to escape. And they both know that if she's caught, she will go to jail. (laughs) And kidnapping is pretty serious. And again, just because they love each other, he's she's the only mother he's ever known. And he would never press charges against her personally because it's his mom. It's his mom, the mom of his heart. 
on paper, she is a kidnapper, right? That's the end of the, the, by law, she's a kidnapper. So that's really, it's pretty tragic, to be honest. And I kept thinking the whole time, there's something almost Shakespearean about this, like the scope of how a person's life can take so many sad turns and they're they're honestly doing their best with what they are equipped with and they don't know any better and it's just I don't know the main thing what I'll tell this this is actually a segue into what I loved about the movie what I loved about it is it felt so real it felt so lived in this was like a very I would venture to guess this is Avery, Avery Rockwell's, I believe, directorial debut, which is great. We love we love a new filmmaker. The more artists, the better, right? But I would venture to guess that this is a very intimate project for this filmmaker. Everything feels so lived in and real. Even starting in 1994, you know, I was super young in that year, but... I do have vague recollections of the 90s. Oh my gosh, it feels so authentic. <laughs> it just feels very people's outfits. Um even sometimes the 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 way the film is shot, it's just oh my goodness, it just really reminds you of a time to put it mildly. And even little details like, for instance, uh, Inez has, she keeps plastic on her lampshades or Lucky always puts his watch on a certain way. It's just these small things that feel like they make up a person. It's a very fully realized piece of art. I really, really, really like it in that way. Um, and I really couldn't personally be further removed from this like geographical location. I'm, I live on the other side of the country. I have been to New York, I think twice. I don't, I'm super unfamiliar with the East coast. I don't know the culture and I'm not a mother. So I don't know what it's like to have that mom love of someone, but even so, oh, and you know, I was not, I have I was raised in a loving home. I'm not a, I'm not from the foster system. Thank God. I'm so fortunate. But even so, even me not having anything remotely in common with this situation, it, it, I could identify with a lot of the human feelings and emotions. And I love what a movie can do that, you know? And so that part I really liked. I, and then I really enjoyed the performances. Tiana Taylor was amazing. She really swung for the fences. I'm a little sad that this was released in the time it was released because we, you know, the Oscars just were just happening. And so a movie released right now, it's a virtual guarantee. It's way too early to get attention for the next Oscars. And that makes me a little sad because I do think she would have deserved recognition for this performance because she's just putting it all on the field and it, she does a really good job. It feels like a very inhabited character. So that's disappointing. Like I said, um, the three gentlemen that play Terry, they all do a really good job. Um, a couple of the times, the little, the six-year-old 
Perry's delivery is a little like it feels like you're in a movie takes you out of it but that kind of makes I don't expect a lot of a six-year-old to be in that way and he did a really good job and and you have a lot of compassion for him he's a little cutie pie um uh will what did I say oh will catlet is lucky he does really good um and then also I didn't mention it but the whole time Inez has this friend named Kim and she's played by Terry Abney and she does a super good job too. It's a pretty tight cast. Um, just a beautiful slice of life movie. It definitely, you get a little emotional. Um, one thing that I would maybe critique is sometimes uh, the pacing seemed a little bit off. I think it, it got a little bit long in certain scenes. You know how when you can feel you're in a room and you could feel people getting bored around you. <laughs> that's kind of the feeling I have. So that's really my my one complaint. It was like, mm, okay, we could have wrapped this up, meaning each meaning like an individual scene, not the whole movie. So just like that was a little much. But otherwise, that's really my only complaint. I really enjoyed this. I thought it felt very sincere, and I really liked it. Oh, and then what I wanted to mention and. I've never talked about this before, so you know that this really spoke to me. The art on the theatrical poster is gorgeous. I don't know who, oh my goodness gracious, that, it absolutely stood out to me on the side of my local movie theater. I was like, goodness gracious, that's beautiful. So great job to whoever did that. It's phenomenal. But yeah, so I think I will be giving this a 9 out of 10. I really liked it. Um, A.V. Rockwell. I look forward to whatever you've got going on next. And uh, yeah, I really like this. So that's all I got for 1001. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if I'm just like the dumbest person alive, but I don't know what the title's referring to. So if you know, let me know because I can't figure it out. I was trying to figure out 1001 what? 1001 opportunities? 1001 not like what is what does it mean? But I feel kind of dumb. What else is new? <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you so much for listening. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, leave a comment. I don't know. Talk to me. Talk to me. I'm very, I'm very personable. <laughs> On Instagram, I'm at Courtney Watches Movies. We have a lot of fun over there. I'm always filming my farm animals doing funny stuff. Um, I am reading. Well, I just finished Cersei by Madeline Miller. And today's jam, today's jam has been Ain't Nothing Gonna Bring My Stride <laughs> by friends. Have a good one.